Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ and 105.1 FM. Also streaming at uh, lakeswoodsandirons.com. And find us at Podcast One or really wherever you uh, wherever your podcasts are sold. Just look for Lakes, Woods, and Irons and you can find us there. This brought to you in part by Ernie's on Gull. Uh, an experience in dining on the shores of Gull Lake. Open year-round at 11. Deck and patio seating now on these beautiful days. Ernie's is your happy place. And also Shannon's Auto Body, new location coming to East Brainerd to better serve their customers. So thanks to Shannon's Auto Body for our sponsorship as well. Chris, uh, PGA Championship this week. Everybody waits for the majors, and this week's no difference. A fun one. Yeah, exciting week in golf. Uh, second major of the year at a... Uh, you know, a course that's held a lot of uh, of major events over there, the, you know, PGA and Ryder Cup and uh, Senior PGA Championship, and um, they've made some great changes to the golf course. It's an old Donald Ross golf course that kind of got, you know, overplanted with trees and um, changed a little bit architecturally over the years, and they've kind of restored it to uh the donald ross masterpiece that it was and it, it should be a great venue yeah i heard a little bit about this week that they really have done a lot of work to get it back to what it was originally that seems to be a trend at a lot of golf courses in the country take some trees out and and uh kind of redo redo the course with less trees i know we've had some of that in our area yeah you know some of it in our area has been forced by uh some of these incredible wind storms that we've right. had but uh yeah. you know but the, the golf courses are always evolving and some sometimes for the good sometimes for the bad and uh you know people love people love trees but uh uh you know in our area you know trees are definitely part of the golf experience but they oh, anytime okay okay yeah, so Mac, you know, in our in our area, trees are you know we, we're living in the woods, so they're they're such a big part of our golf courses. But they, you know, the, the, a lot of times trees get so overgrown as well that it changes the design elements of of holes, or they they become you know the canopies of trees become overgrown, or uh, where you you lose the angles of the holes, and uh, you know, in the case of of Oakland Hills, they. Back in the the back in the 40s or early 50s, uh, one guy planted 70,000 trees on the golf course. Oh man! And uh, <laughs> so it, it totally changed the the complexity of the golf course. And um, they they didn't remove 70,000 trees, but they've moved removed a significant number of those and uh, taken it back to what the original design intent was to a large extent. Are you? I know you're a scholar of the game and the historian of the game. Are you a Donald Ross a fan, uh, Chris? Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, one of the one of the great designers ever. And you know, Donald Ross has a lot of St. Andrews in influence, and uh, in, in Scotland influence. He's from Dornoch, Scotland. Oh, okay. And uh, in pre- apprenticed under uh, under old Tom Morris. And, uh, you know, really the, the, one of the most influential designers uh, in American golf and, you know, largely responsible for a lot of the Pinehurst area and, and Seminole Golf Club. And, you know, he's done uh, 
done four or five golf courses in Minnesota. So uh, Northland Country Club and Interlock and then okay, uh, yeah. White Bear White Bear Yacht Club, and so uh, he's done a lot. You know, one of the great golf golf designers ever. Is it Royal Doorknock? Is that the right name for a, a course? There? Yes, I remember yeah. that's my. Well, you you've been there, of course, and my dad that was his favorite when he went to Scotland. I think he said Royal Doorknock was his favorite course. So, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. And the groupings, uh, they they do a nice job. I think it's really the the nice thing about it is there's going to be some PGA professionals there getting to play. Uh, just not tour guys, but club professionals. That's kind of fun. Yeah, one of the cool things about the the PGA Championship is the uh, the top twenty players in the club professional championship, what they call the CPC, qualify for the PGA Championship. Uh, so those are you know guys that are, are teaching and running golf operations all over the country, but some great players in the own right. They uh, are smart nowadays, I think, about the pairings to get some viewership on the early rounds. They got JT and McElroy and Morikawa together. They got Rahm and Scheffler and Woodland together. I mean, Scheffler and Kepka and Woodland, excuse me. Scheffler and Kepka, that's kind of fun. That is a fun pairing. They've, they've got a, they always do a good job with the first two rounds pairings, and uh, yeah. uh, you see some, some uh, fun matchups. Adam Scott and Tony Finau both been playing well lately. They'll be together. Cantlay, Fowler, and Mickelson. Mickelson and Fowler always kind of liked each other. Maybe that'll relax them both. And oh, yeah. we always talk about Ricky. It'd be nice if Ricky could put on a, a big showing in a major, that's for sure. Well, he's, he's trending in the right direction. JT's the defending champ. One of the... I don't know, most fortunate wins ever in a major last year. <laughs> he, he overtook everybody because everybody went backwards on the yeah, last day. But yeah, case of get, getting it in the in the clubhouse reasonably early. Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. Uh, the, the last couple groups uh, struggled. There was a train wreck in that last group. Yeah, that was, I can't think of his name. That was too bad for... Yes. Takala. Yeah, yeah. It looked like he had it. Well, he yeah. did. He did have it. He got a little unlucky. Plus, he got a little too daring. <laughs> Hit it in the middle. Uh, he, uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, he, uh, I think he, you know, a typical case of, uh, you know, kind of panicking coming in. Yeah, yeah. Like what happens to me if I'm anywhere near par after six holes. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> We all go back to our comfort zone. <laughs> it's it's not as fun being ten over, but we're more comfortable there. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Certainly more used to it. That is absolutely right. That's right. <laughs> Chris, we have a special guest coming up. Let's. Uh, he'll be next. What do you What do you have for us today? Yeah, good good friend of mine, Brian Jacobs, and uh, Brian is a PGA pro from Rochester, New York, and he's. He's been out at the PGA Championship uh, uh, this week and look, getting forward, looking forward to hearing his thoughts. Yeah, that'll be good. That's next. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on The Fan.
Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Also uh, streaming at uh, lakewoodsandirons.com. And find us on Podcast One or really wherever you find your podcasts. You can find us under Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Brought to you in part by Whitefish Golf Course in Pequot Lakes, an experience that never disappoints. One of the area's premier 18-hole championship courses. And by the T-Hive, custom apparel for your business event, team, or family, online at tehive.com. Chris, very special guest. I'll let you handle the introductions. Yeah, I want to welcome to the show one of my good friends, uh, PGA professional Brian Jacobs. Brian uh, teaches in uh, the Rochester, New York area, site of uh, this week's PGA Championship, and uh, one of the great teachers in uh, uh, in the America, and a good friend, and welcome to the show, Brian. Chris, thanks so much. I appreciate the opportunity to be on, and it's going to be great. Hopefully, a lot of laughs and yeah. maybe some insight too. Well, absolutely. It, uh, you know, so uh, PJ Championships at uh, uh, Oak Hill there in Rochester, in your hometown, and yes. uh, you've spent a little time out there this week. And uh, we're taping on Wednesday, so final practice round day. And uh, tell us, kind of, some, give us some insights. Tell us what's been going on. Well. Uh, the golf course is spectacular. I mean, it is, you're going to have to drive the ball extremely well this week because the rough is just brutal. Like you're today kind of, and even the aura around the whole week has been so far, just everybody's talking about the rough and how rough it is. And it's, it's luscious and they're not going to cut it down. So um, the course is just absolutely pure. It's playing firm and fast in the fairways. And so there's going to be a lot of runoffs. So people are going to have to make really um, excellent shots. We're seeing a lot of the players um, switching into hybrid, uh, you know, maybe more lofted uh, five woods um, that you normally don't see because they can, uh, some of the other courses maybe are a little uh, more docile than this one is. And uh, the golf course was renovated uh, again, and they went back to the old design. So um, some of the players are saw it, you know, maybe when during when they played in the USAM, you know, in 1998, or maybe they played in the Ryder Cup or, you know, and then it changed. And yeah. now it's back to where it was. And so they've they might have been here three times or four times. And it was that was uh great first time the next two times it was renovated and then they, they come back now to the original so they have to find their yardage books and um kind of you know how the golf course was previous so it's it's kind of cool to hear them talk yeah so the, the, you know going back to the early days of the golf course it, you know it, it was it uh I can't think of his first name, but the part of Eastman Kodak family mm -hmm. planted 70,000 golf or 70,000 trees on the golf mm -hmm. course over a couple year period. Yeah. And so they've removed a lot of those. And how, how many of those 70,000 do you suppose they removed, Brian? Uh, 69,904, <laughs> probably. <laughs> I mean, it's, um, it's, it's, you know, it's becoming kind of, uh, I guess whimsical at some level because the tree management programs now on golf courses, I think in a way, like, I don't know about your area, but we, um, people kind of planted pine trees, you know, in this area and the pines are, are tough, you yeah. know, they fall over a lot and they shed and all these other things. So you'd be hard pressed to find a pine tree out there right now. And so 
um, you know, the I took a walk when you get dropped off at the shuttle. You basically walk from the fourth hole uh, across six and nine and seven, and then you get up near the clubhouse and you can see one and two and 14 uh, and 13 green. And so I haven't played the 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 redesign uh, this past year. I got a chance to play the West, but I'm excited to go back and play again to where it was and just kind of see the tunnels different, you know, like no pine trees, kind of uh, just the big oaks and um, some of the majestic trees they left, which is, is really cool. And, it, and it's a really, really hard golf course, like really hard. It looks hard. It, it is so hard. Yeah. Long and tight. I mean, Long even though there's not a lot of trees, the fairways are, are narrow. Yeah. They're pushed in just because of the rough. It's, uh, there'll be some, a lot of crying this week. <laughs> Hopefully. I mean, I know the guys appreciate it. I've seen some of the interviews and they're just really very complimentary about how pure the greens are and how pure the fairways are and just how tough of a test it's going to be. And, and good for Oak Hill. I mean, um, that's what you want a major to be. You want it to, the best person should win. Yes. Brian, you know, at the majors, they're, they're really celebrations of golf and, and with the PGA championship, it's a lot, a lot of it's a celebration of the PGA of America, which is our side of the business, the club pros. Yeah. And uh, one of the great programs that the PGA of America is involved in is, is, is PGA Hope. And you, you've been very involved in that. And we're involved in a golf event uh, this week associated with that. Tell us what PGA Hope is. And, and um, looks like you're at a great golf event. And tell us about that. Sure. Yeah. PGA Hope is uh, help our patriots everywhere. And it was a program started a number of years ago in, uh, by a guy named Chris Nowak, who was a, a single amputee. He um, was shot in uh, his left leg, and they weren't able to recover the whole leg. And so they amputated, and then he got to a pretty dark place where he was suicidal, and he was drinking and drugging and doing a lot of different things. And, and then uh, he discovered golf. And even though he shot 150, you know, his first time out, it was 150 opportunities not to be at home drinking or drugging or, you know, thinking bad thoughts. And so he started himself with just kind of like a spreadsheet and crayons, you know, basically in his office and said, we need to do something like this. And he became a consummate salesperson for it. And the PGA, um, you know, bought in, which was great. And so I got involved a little over six years ago, um, I did not come from a military family um, or anything. So people ask that all the time, were you military? And I said, no, no one in my family served. My dad was drafted for the Korean War, but because he was, uh, well, Korean conflict, I guess it was called, but um, he was the only male on a farm. And so his, his orders were dissipated. Uh, so he stayed home and I I had thought about going into the service when I was in high school because I was uh, not the brightest puppy in the litter, but a great athlete. So um, my guidance counselor said, maybe, maybe the military, you know, we put you in a foxhole, maybe, maybe they'll pick you off first, you know, and that was kind of like, yeah, he was super supportive. Very, <laughs> he was, he was really guiding me. Um, really cared. Cared yeah, he really cared. And so I got nervous because that was around the draft, 
you know, uh, 1975, I was a freshman in high school. And so it's kind of the tail end of the Vietnam War. And some of my neighbors were being drafted and they were coming back and they weren't the same. They were different. You know, the kids were different and or the young adults were different or people that went to my church. And uh, so I was always like, kind of, I think we should do more, you know? And so PJ Hope in, in essence is just really therapy, a uh, therapy program with golf sprinkled in. That's really what it is. And so in Western New York, we've been very fortunate. We had just a a great program in Buffalo and Buffalo is about an hour away and I would drive there every week. And, and I did it for, you know, years um, just to go and, and serve. And you'd, you'd meet the guys and girls for two hours and the VA was piping them into the program. um, And you just hung out with them. And afterwards you collegialized and talked about their stories. and, And a lot of times, you know, I would take guys out to lunch or, you know, meet, meet people for golf in, uh, in the dome in the winter, or I run my own uh, annual veterans event where I select 12 vets and uh, they camp out at my house. I have a five acre piece of property and I turn my barn into a barracks and we do a field shower and a field latrine, just like when they're in the service <laughs> and, uh, campfires at night. And a lot of my students sponsor dinners and we play golf. And wow. Then this year, one of my students is a uh, uh, aerobatic aviator. And so he's going to sponsor everybody into the air show that's in the area and they'll sit in his, his, uh, hospitality area. And so he won, uh, nationals at Indy, uh, pylon racing. And so he flies up pretty frequent for lessons. And so I twisted his arm a little bit and which didn't take much. And so everybody's very giving, um, to the, the programs. And so, each year before the PGA championship, uh, they kick off now. And this is, was the sixth or seventh year again of secretary's cup. And so our section had three teams and I was fortunate enough to get selected to lead a, a team of vets. And so you, it's a three day event and you play a practice round and you have dinner together and they did a flyover and speaker and present the colors and, I mean, it is crazy. Like you don't know whether to cry or laugh or, you know, like boo-boo on the ground. And, and then everybody gets introduced when they hit their tee shots too. And I sent you a video of, you know, and I mean, it's amazing. Like my team, they were pooping their pants, you know, all week about, I go, you're, you're dropping bombs on people and throwing stuff at them and bayonetting people. And you're worried about hitting a tee shot. (laughs) in front of three people yeah. you know and and so it it was a really cool experience and and I had a Korean veteran a lady she's 87 um I had a Vietnam veteran she was in her 70s I had a, a, a Persian golf um he was in his middle 60s and then I had a Air Force mechanic who's now a industrial arts teacher wow um and so you go four days or three days and you play 18 one day and you play nine one day and you just, you eat and you talk and a lot of hugs, like you said. And, and it was just, I mean, I can't believe how great, I mean, I feel so grateful to be able to do that. And they're thanking me. And I'm like, what are you thanking me for? I'm, I'm having a ball, you know? And so uh, it was great. It was at Penfield country club, which is a, another Donald Ross in our area. And, I mean, 
and you know from the PGA side, for the members to give up their club for three days, it's like literally taking their children away from them, you know, and selling them on the black market, you know, they would rather, they would much rather do that than give their club up. And so the pro pushed it through and the club, the members stayed away um, and they let their club be, you know, for the veterans for the weekend. And it was great. And then uh, John was there, uh, the head of the PGA and he presented each day and, um Chris Noak was there and he's a good follow too. His uh handle is at one-legged marine. Um he's got his own little brand and and they do a big training. Um of all every section has a PGA Hope Ambassador that's a vet that's promoting the programs. And then it's up to the sections to raise funding through PGA Reach. And so if you do anything, um like I do free lessons, uh, both my locations uh, coming up here Memorial Day to raise money for hope. And so they write checks. And last year, I think I did almost 5,000. Wow, that's fantastic. Well, it's, and the thing is, is everybody kind of has their charities, you know, and it's just, I'm a more of a time giver than a money giver too. Like I have something that somebody wants. And so I give my time, you know, rather than write a check. Yeah. That's uh, uh, that's that's very cool, Brian. Yeah, it's pretty cool. We're listening to our conversation with PGA professional Brian Jacobs from Rochester, New York. He's been at the PGA Championships this week. We'll get back to that conversation after this. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. Listening to our conversation with Brian Jacobs, PGA professional. Very interesting. And this segment brought you away in part by Craigan's Legacy Courses. Be sure to put Craigan's Golf Courses and Fine Dining on your checklist for 2023. Craigan's Legacy Courses. 1380 KLIZ The Fan and 105.1 FM is where you can find us. Also at lakeswoodsandirons.com and anywhere you find your podcasts, you can find us under Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Now back to our conversation with Brian Jacobs. Brian, you, you know, um, one thing that I, I've always, you and I have talked about it a little bit in the past together, but, you know, your philosophy, you, you try to get pe- people on the golf course a lot more and you play a lot of golf with your mm-hmm. students and, and t- tell us about that and tell us the benefit you find in that. Well, I mean, I, I came, I guess if we can go roundabout, if you have seven hours I came out of classroom teaching. I was a public high school teacher while I built my business. And so I taught in the inner city of Rochester and I was running a caddy program at the time. And and I brought the kids in, taught them a skill and everything else. And then they never got any golf. You know, they would go and they would see it and they'd say, well, I want to be rich, but I also want to play golf. And so then we started a Monday golf program. I was able to write a bunch of grants and I would see that like group instruction just did not work, especially from somebody that wasn't growing up in the game. So now I'm thinking like, okay, if a mom or dad grows up in the game, but the kid doesn't have an interest in it, how do we get them interested in it? And standing on the range, looking at numbers, you know, the technical part of the game is great. But the learning line really is learning and then skill acquisition and then skill acquisition under pressure. 
And so as people get motivated and they start to get some competency, the only way to get confident is to take them on the golf course. And the only way to do that is to take them in a situation that's not where they're not being judged and not being embarrassed at the beginning. And then you start to infiltrate the culture with like-minded people and they start to form a social group. And once, and that's men and women. And once they form their social group, then they're locked in at the same time, they're becoming a very loyal customer. And so they will thank me, you know, by giving me 10 to 15, sometimes 20 years of uh, loyalty. Um, you know, I just had a student pass away. He was with me. He's going into his 20th year wow. of taking instruction with me. And I would take him out to dinner and I would, I would thank him. I would say, thank you. You know, Dr. Harris, you know, you put my daughter through college and he's like, no, I didn't. I go, he goes, I put my daughter through college. I'm like, no, all the money you paid me, <laughs> and the tips you gave me and everything else added up to, you know, you know, $80,000 over the years. And so I said, technically you gave my daughter her education. You know, I can't ever repay you for that. And he went from a 36 handicap to a 10 and he thinks he got a million dollars on his end and we would play and he would go on trips and we would play at his club and he would play on Fridays with me and we would invite his friends. And, and so my, my students are my friends and that's why my culture is really, really small. I, I have no interest in coaching a 900 people or 200 or 300 or having a database of, you know, a million people. Yeah. You can't literally cannot connect with that many people. And so that's how I evolved to it. I just came out of what we call oppressed learning. I stand over the top. And so you have 33 kids in a class. Three don't speak English. Two are from, you know, another country that barely speak English. Four just came out of incarceration. Two are going to Harvard and the other ones are just regular and so how can I appeal to all those learning styles unless yeah. they're alone? And so the Harvard kids get the work done in two seconds. The non-English speaking kids go to their asshole teacher and the kids that barely know the language work the hardest and the other kids just kind of coast along. And so I wanted high engagement, not elite as a player, but elite um, financially so that they could afford to take the ride. And so it's been a great model. I don't know if it'll work anywhere else, but it works for me. I love it. I, you know, we're, we're so blessed as golf instructors, I think, because we we do have that opportunity to uh, spend a significant amount of time with our clients yeah, and develop, you know, not only help them with their, their golf games, but in a lot of circumstances, we're helping them with their lives lives we've we've probably saved more marriages than you know a priest more than likely yeah no offense and, but and we know. and we get to develop some awfully good friendships along the way you know yeah, you, like your friends are your friends forever it doesn't matter what facility you're at yeah like i i make conscious choices to change facilities or had an early in my career because i wanted to see how businesses worked i was like okay i get this one i don't like it I'm going to try over here. And I remember being in an interview once and the owner of the club said, well, you move around a lot. And I said, I don't think I move around a lot. I stay five years, you know, at each facility. I said in five years, well, literally in five minutes, I know whether I'm going to like it or not. 
you know, you can read the character of the people in the room and their integrity and how they're going to operate their business. But in the same respect, I want, I want to be able to leave a legacy at each place. And, and I want to see different business models. I want to see uh, people that went to PGM and I want to see people that didn't. I want to see people that worked in like Sam Rosetta or, or Joe Diego who are in Julius Burroughs, you know, camp and see how they worked. And Sam played the masters and the open and all these other championships. Well, how does he teach? Um, you know, and then I had the good luck to be around Hank Haney and some of his staff for a long time. And, and so you kind of develop your, your mojo from there and then you infuse your personality, but you have to see different business models too, so that you're a shrewd negotiator and, you know, and I'll be 62 tomorrow and, I know how to negotiate and what I want and what I don't want. And I can walk in a club and, and just say, no, curb appeals, terrible. Don't do the little things, friendly people. You're all nice. But when my student drives in the driveway, this is not the experience that I would want them to have. Um, and, and, you know, better than anybody we, we know. Yeah. You know, and I, I think a lot of us hang on, you know, because I talked to a young man this morning you know, he's, well, I got to get a salary. Whoa, 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 wait, why would you want a salary? Why wouldn't you want to be commissioned? You know, he goes, well, what about my family? What about him? Are you going to fail? You know, like, let's go, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, how do I do this? And I said, well, here's how you structure. And he goes, I need to call you. And I said, I'm 200 an hour for consultations. <laughs> so, oh, I love it. Brian, let's uh, talk a little bit more about the PGA Championship. You haven't spent some time out there this week. Um, give us give us an idea of who, who you think it, the golf course favors and some of your picks for the week. Yeah, well, I'll go probably top of the ladder. I mean, John Rahm obviously would be my number one pick or Scotty Shuffler. I saw both of them this morning and their games both look really, really good. I think, believe it or not, Billy Horschel, I think, is a really good pick because he drives the ball pretty well. Right. He's a little fiery, too, um, which I like. Um, I would say Jordan Spieth, and I'll say that because he's just a little dinged up, you know, so he's going to be pretty precise, mm. I think, this week. So, And then my dark horse would probably be somebody like Zach Johnson, who's off the radar he's here you know he's he's interviewing but at the same time he's being competitive and and it's cool to see the club professionals in there too like they're super appreciative and um but those would probably be my picks i mean someone asked me my dark horse the other day and i and i told them billy horschel he's been here uh he got here friday so he's been wow. here a while yeah so I think he's he's zoned in and and uh, he's ready to roll. And have you uh, what, what do you what do you think the winning score is going to be? The last few years, it's been five, six, seven under for the last. Year. Oh, no, I think it'll be. Excuse me. My wife just came home. Um, <laughs> I think, boy, I'll tell you if, if. One or two under. That is a beast. If it. Yeah. Today it was windy and cold. Tomorrow it's supposed to be windy again. I just think because of the runoffs and mm -hmm. 
they're just going to have some shots they're just not not used to. Um, and I I almost think a short hitter that's accurate has a really good chance, you know, of of doing that score. Sure. And the greens are just pure. Like the, the one property I work at is humongous. It's 360 acres elevated and it's a linksy style golf course. And so for me, when I get excited, when I see big properties and lots of curves and, and so it's uh I think it'll be a really, really interesting week. And it was packed today too, by the way. I'm like sure Rochester is absolutely nuts about golf. They're just yeah. absolutely insane about it. I mean, I talked to a, a friend from Buffalo. They rented a house, him and his family. So five grand for the week. They bought tickets to come in. They had about 2000 in merch already. <laughs> and I'm going. And then the wife is saying like, now what does, what's the financial um, interjection? Cause she's an attorney and he's an attorney. And I said, I think they're projecting around 11 million for the city, you wow. know, new revenue. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. You know, when you start to think about it, it's a lot of money. Yeah. A lot of money. Brian, one, one of the things that, uh, I talk about a lot on the show is, is how to practice. And um, did you see any, you know, spending some time on the range this week, watching guys in practice runs, did you see anything unique that you thought I'm going to incorporate that with my students or anything that, you know, uh, that caught your eye? I don't want to sound conceited, but we might write better game plans than tour coaches. <laughs> um you know, no offense to any of them. The tour players are so talented that I think they have a way of just figuring out their routine. I mean, I teach a really high-level player out of Portugal that's doing the women's all pro tour now. And she I sent her some games to play, and she's just like, I've never seen any of these games. This is yeah. amazing. Like you actually are supposed to curve the ball two different ways. <laughs> you know, she plays a little draw and she, she won pack 10 two times, nice. you know, individual. I mean, she's a good player, a great player. And it's just, uh, I would say, you know, they had their pretty much consistent warm up, and, and I got up, I don't know if you've ever seen Oak Hill before, but so they build, uh, they build the range on the ninth hole. So it's a, it's a downhill kind of, down the hill par four and then they use the green on the ninth hole on the west is like one of the practice greens for pitching and bunker shots mm -hmm. and then the ninth hole goes out to the uh uh the seventh hole as the fairway for their you know driving and iron play and then up on the hill in the fairway they have another range and so down below it's not very windy and then up above it's super windy nobody wants to go up there well when you come down the hill the practice bunker is right below that with a practice green. And so I'm up on the hill talking to people, you know, like finger shooting and being cool. And I said, I, how many of you think you could hit these bunker shots out of here? And I go, you guys would be sculling them into the weeds, <laughs> hitting people. Yeah. And they're all standing there. And I go, you're all very trusting because these guys are human beings, yeah. you know, and, and a couple of ladies were like, Oh, you're right. And I go, you're going to get one right in the forehead. You're like, right in line like max homo was hitting shots out of the bunker and they're just so good they're yeah. just so good they're spinning them back and curling them into the hole and hitting spots and you're like 
they're just elite, elite players. Yeah. They're they're you know on the range watching them hit is is spectacular. But when you get around the short game areas yeah. in practice, it's it's a it's another world. And you're watching them like so. I really fancy wedge play. So I teach my players how to slice wedges and hook wedges, even on little tiny short shots. And like, we're, what part of the club do we want to hit? Well, we want to hit the middle. Well, not necessarily, you know, maybe if you're trying to hit a low hook, you might try to hit the toe and turn it a little bit and make it spin forward. Yeah. You know, and I'm watching players kind of do that. That's probably what I would have taken out of it if I didn't do it already. Yeah. But you know, they're not like bone back, you know, shaft lean hit down, you know, that kind of, um mentality they're flipping it up and there's like one guy i i don't know who it was he was talking and he was telling his caddy he goes i'm going to slice a few and he was three paces off the green in the deep rough and he he's hitting these little slices and they're you can see him move just a little bit and they just hit soft and spin hard right and so he goes we'll probably have to use that one and i'm like all right man <laughs> someone with some creativity Oh, that's awesome, Brian. I, I'm 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 kind of a foodie. I love to eat. Uh, yeah. And one of the things I've I've heard the media talking about and all these different oh things is I know what's uh, coming. <laughs> is, is the garbage is garbage. called the garbage plate? Mm-hmm. So is that at one specific restaurant or is that at? Well, Nick Tahoe started it. So Nick Tahoe's on uh, East Main. Uh, be tough to go down. You don't go down at night. Number one. Yeah. And nobody does. Um, It's a pretty high crime rate. So I don't know if your listeners probably wouldn't know this, but Rochester is actually the murder capital for the state. Mm. So literally 10 minutes door to door from Oak Hill is is East Main, Jefferson Avenue. So it's pretty rough in there. Like you wouldn't want to drive your Volvo or Mercedes in there because you might get whacked. And so Nick Tahoe has been there probably, I don't know, 40 years, maybe. So you there's a couple different garbage plates you can get. You can get a cheeseburger or a hot dog. You can get a red hot or a white hot garbage plate. So white hots are pork and red hots are beef. Cheeseburgers are cheeseburgers. And you can get onion, mac salad, home fries. It's all mixed in together. And then you can have hot sauce on it. But not hot sauce out of a bottle. It's like a chili hot sauce with no beans. And then you get a loaf of bread. (laughs) And then you eat it and you feel disgusted. And then the next day, like no player would eat one today because tomorrow they would not be able to survive. Uh, The caddies probably will eat them though, but I doubt a player would eat. Maybe a player would eat one, but that's what a garbage plate is. And is it like... Five pounds of food is uh, yeah, that's probably yeah, probably three. <laughs> yeah, if you eat the bread, five. I mean, and and you only eat like maybe one a year, or like I've had probably four in my life. Okay, still, I think one is still in me. I had it about five years ago. I mean, it's just like you can't get rid of it. It just you know, it just depends. And it's like the mac salad is just drenched, and but it's so good. Like, who would think of it? you know, putting it all together like that. And the guy's made, that's all he does. He just makes garbage plates. Wow. Yeah. And whenever uh, dignitaries come in, if, if the president comes in or if a comedian comes in or a rapper or a singer, they all go to Nick Tahoe's and they eat there. They got to have garbage plates. So when you come, 
just have garbage plate. Just another reason for me to come to Rochester, Brad. right? I mean, you come for the garbage plate first, and then the golf second. Oh, well, that's good stuff. Well, Brian, we, we really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, oh, my sharing your knowledge and telling us about the what's going on at the PGA. So we'll look yeah. uh, look forward to having you on again. Yeah, it'll be a fun week, and I appreciate it. And if anyone wants to reach out at Brian Jacobs Golf on Instagram, yes. Twitter, and and uh, you know we'll we'll uh, enjoy. Uh, you guys will have a nice seat. You'll be able to watch it on TV and. They'll, I don't even know how many people will be there. There had to be 25,000 there already today. Wow. And it's just, yeah, they they love golf. It's it's awesome. It's a great city to be in. Very competitive. A lot of golf courses. Nice. So, well, good stuff, Brian. Have a great week, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Chris. We appreciate it, Mac. Thanks, Brian. Very good Go stuff. Gophers, right? Are we Gophers fans? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. we are. Got to be a Gophers fan. Yeah. <laughs> And the Vikings too. Yeah, we'll we'll just skip that giant Viking game from this last year. Yeah, <laughs> I went to. Uh, I teach a lot of the Bills players, and so the Bills Vikings game was crazy this year. I mean, all they had to do was punch it out of the end zone, and Josh Allen fumbles, and and then yeah. a former player Harrison Phillips recovers it. Harris Harry was a student of mine, and. And he plays for the Vikings now, defensive tackle. So he was vis- he was coming from a team that signed him out of college to come to play as a visitor. So it was it's got to be weird. So, but I'll let you guys go. I could talk all day, as you know, Chris. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> thank you, Brian. Yeah. All right, thank you so much. It's Brian Jacobs out in Rochester, New York. You're listening to Lakes Woods and Irons on thirteen eighty KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ The Fan, also 105.1 FM now, and uh, streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. You can find us at Podcast One as well, or really wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us at Lakes, Woods, and Irons. So this segment brought to you in part by Holiday Stores on Mill Avenue, uh, Cross Lake, and also Excelsior Road next to Cub Foods, and by SCR Northern, the ones with Old Man Winter on the truck. Chris, uh, excellent segment with, uh, or a couple segments with Brian Jacobs. Interesting to hear you two kind of from maybe a different perspective. You go to a golf tournament like Brian is this week at the PGA and can actually pick some things out on either out of a player's swing or, you know, I could use that with my students. He said that in the interview. Right. Quite interesting. So you look at it with a, with a more critical eye than, than the average fan for sure. Yeah, you know, I'm always I'm always studying golf swings and people and interactions, and uh, you know, that's one of the things I love about going to the Masters every year is just you know hanging out at the range and watching these guys practice and how they interact with their you know their coach and their you know whoever else they've got around them, and um, it's fun watching practice rounds uh, from the standpoint that uh, you know just watching them. Uh, approach different shots and you know in a practice round a player isn't necessarily playing golf I mean they're they're playing golf but they're not they're not playing for a score so they're you know they're hitting shots from uh, where they think they you know if they, if they miss a green where they may be in trouble or different situations that they th- that think they're going to be in during during the actual tournament so that they, they, they're prepared for that and um, you, you can learn a lot from from that 
Yeah, yeah, it's not always uh, sitting in the middle of the fairway. Uh, <laughs> those, and those guys realize it more than anybody. So he was talking about that, uh, watching one of the pros hit little slices out of the thick rough, which is, you know, just getting it out of the thick rough is usually the goal, uh, let alone hit yeah. a slice and, and uh, have it roll toward the hole. I, was, I, thought, that, I thought that was interesting. <clears throat> I mean, I, I think I've talked about it before. I saw Arnie years ago when he was up at Deacons, and he was a he was you know an older man by then, and he was just hitting five irons on the range, and he was crushing every single one. It was just amazing. And I, I think most pros probably, if it's just a five iron straight up, they can all deliver pretty much every swing. It seems, but those kind of situations that they're going to get in out there on the course, uh, that's where the money is, I guess, huh? Right. Well, it's it, you know it's e- it's easy on the range. Taking it to the golf course is a, a, a you know totally different, no matter what level you're at. Sure. Yeah. And you know it's like Bobby Jones says: there's golf, and then there's tournament golf. And so you know on the range, these guys do look perfect, even though they they may not be striking it everyone perfect. But uh, you know that that all changes when you've got time in between shots and. Uh, you know, you're hitting off at different lies and fairway in the rough. You've got to, you know, carry a bunker or a water hazard. All those things going to, um, they're going to miss at some shots, and they, you got you got to prepare for that. Yeah, exactly right. <clears throat> That's what you're uh, hopefully working on with people, Chris. <laughs> exactly. Well, I understand Katie's coming home. That'll uh, brighten up the household for the summer. Yes. Yeah, so uh, just wrapped up her freshman year at St. Thomas, and uh, as we're taping here, she's on her way home today after her last final, so I can't wait to get her back and uh, home for the summer and helping me out with my junior golf stuff, and she's going to be playing a lot of tournaments, and so it'll be a a great summer. And her her dog is especially looking forward to having her back. It's a good thing she's smart like your your lovely bride. She can handle things at St. Thomas. That that is right. (laughs) I'm not saying you're not. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Mac. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ.